Hello, I'm Christina Glickman and welcome to Extra Life and Style Unscripted, the podcast. This show and my energy are like Oprah's Super Soul Sunday meets Gucci Love Parade. If you love that, I think you'll love this show. We'll talk about entrepreneurship, fashion, edgy motherhood, aging, everything in between to shift your energy into greater possibility for a life unscripted. Because after all, I built this show for you, for us. Let's go. This is a Soulfire production. In this episode, I get into five things I learned from giving my very first TEDx talk. And actually, what I learned about myself through the journey wasn't really about the talk at all. And don't forget the extra Love Army doors are open for any new members. You can always go to my Instagram at Christina Glickman to join us, find out more about what we do in this incredibly special community, or send me a DM. If you know me, I will always respond. Also, it would mean so much to me and this show if you would subscribe leave a review for the podcast. It's how we reach more amazing people like you. P.S. The TEDx link is in the show notes if you want to check it out. So let's get into it. Hello, my loves. Here we are today. And I want to share with you a few things I learned from giving my first TEDx talk. So this conversation is not really about a TED talk, to be honest. It's really about who you decide you want to be every single day when you show up to do the work behind something that's important to you, how that fits into your life, and how you get to see yourself when you get to the other side of it. So it's important to me that you hold that close as I talk because, again, the reason I'm sharing this journey is not because I think people are out there and they want to do a TED Talk, which is great if you do, but it's really about the lessons I learned and giving myself over to something like this. So I'm going to share some stories here and tell you a few things that I learned, which is, you know, number one, there's no shortcut. And I gave myself over to it from the start. And what I mean by that is I gave oxygen to this dream a year ago and decided that I'd share along the way with people that I loved that I was putting it into the universe. And for me, why that was so important is that it ultimately not only held me accountable to kind of sharing that I had a dream, but it also made it okay for me to share all the hiccups in the road along the way. And that I wasn't holding tight that it was going to be a success, so to speak, in the way that I defined it. But I said to myself, this is something that is worth me giving myself over to 100% to put the time in. And I understood from the very beginning that there wasn't going to be an easy way. Number two, imposter syndrome and not being good enough reared its head every day for me. (laughs) I mean, every day for nine months. I continued to not feel that I was smart enough or good enough to be in this space. So the interview process in and of itself for me, and to be clear, everybody has a different TED experience. I'm only speaking from mine, but mine seemed to be a very long one. Many interviews before I got an official yes, and every time I was asked to do a revision, to me, it was almost as if somebody kept tapping me on the shoulder saying, Christina, are you sure you should be here? I'm not sure that you're really good enough. And, you know, for me, uh, it was a constant state of, How can I show up to give this message in a way that is compelling and important and worth sharing? And me just not wanting to hide behind um, all my insecurities, really. And so I feel like that lasted the whole way through. And in fact, on a rehearsal day in September before the talk, 
one of the curators, I was doing a rehearsal in front of him and, you know, I, I ended and I, I looked at him and, you know, wanted to make sure it was okay. And he kind of laughed and he said, Christina, like, you know, you got it, right? Like you're actually here, you're giving the talk tomorrow. And so I only share that because through the entire process, I truly gave every moment of it a sense of, I wanted my best self to come through. And there, there was a part of me that I think all that nervousness and excitement pushed me to really show up for myself in a way that I never have before. And so number three, self-doubt and who I was, was just rocked. And I needed to get that back in check very often. And the story I like to share here is that, so for those of you that are unaware, when you go through the TED process, at least for me, you're given um, coaches that help you revise and, and bounce things off one another to see if you know, you're headed in the right direction. And they're really meant to be there to help you. Well, what ends up happening for somebody like me is that I'm a pleaser. It's a problem for me. I would meet with them you know, almost weekly and I would share a revision. And what ended up happening about two months before the talk is I realized that I'd gotten so far away from myself because I wanted to so eagerly please them that I suddenly didn't even know what I was talking about anymore. And I had a discussion with them and thought, you know what, I need to go away for a little bit and get back to myself. And that process was so important for me because I realized that this wasn't about pleasing anybody. This was about me having a burning desire on a message that I wanted to share, which is about women and how I believe that you know, we are the ones that we have been sort of waiting for, especially within this pandemic to, you know, come together and make a real difference and change. And I decided I need to put Christina back into this talk. And that's what I did. And I showed up, I gave them a revised script, which was wildly different. And I was nervous as all get out, but I'll tell you what, I felt really good because it was me again. And so that part of the process was once again, another big learning curve that I'm meant to be here and it's okay to show up as me. And even if I decided to go another route, it's the only way I can do this because it has got to be authentic and has to be me. But that was another huge learning curve for me, which is always get back to your true north, to your grounding, which is who you are and let that guide you. Number four, protecting my energy ruled. I had no idea that I was continually setting the stage for myself to allow myself ultimate freedom to create, to write, to breathe, to grow, because I started saying no to many things in my life, knowing that this TEDx talk for me took priority because I knew that if I was lucky enough to, to get the privilege of being on that platform, that I was going to give it everything that I had. I was going to give every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears to this opportunity for me to be able to show up as my best self. And the only way I could do that is to protect my energy. So I really made sure I didn't surround myself with anyone or anything that didn't feed my soul creatively, personally, all the things. And now the beauty of that is Ted is over, but I didn't lose that gift. And I'm continuing with that today. My bubble of energy is so tight because I learned that I could show up to be my very best self when I only allow that good energy in and I kind of keep the bad out. Number five, I ultimately trusted myself and the universe and they both showed up. And what I mean by that is 
you know, I had been so nervous for nine months. It was ridiculous. And I almost felt like by the time the rehearsal came the day of, I felt like I had over-rehearsed and thought I've kind of screwed myself because I've rehearsed so much. And I'll tell you what, the day of, I kept waiting for when am I going to get nervous? Like, when am I going to freak out? And I always had this sense of like, what if I get up there and I'm like, you know, a deer in the headlights and I forget all my words and I just start thinking about like what I'm going to make for dinner. And it's such a ridiculous thing. But I thought, what if what if something happens like that? And I'll tell you what, all day long, I was so comfortable. And I literally stood behind the stage before they were ready to announce my name. And not a nerve was to be found. And I walked up onto that stage and I sort of floated through the entire experience. I don't remember one word I said, but I also know that I didn't miss one. And when people ask me how it went, I say that it went phenomenal, not because I think it's the best talk out there or that it's so fabulous, but I did my job. I did what I came to do, which is, I gave everything I could to this experience. I left nothing on the table. And that's all I wanted from myself. And I released anything else. I didn't think about the end result or that it's going to be the best viewed TED Talk of all time. I don't really care. What I cared about most was making sure that I showed up for myself and and gave over what I thought was all of me. And what I've learned from that is that experience trickled out way beyond me, especially my family. You know, it's kind of funny. It was a nine-month experience, and I think about being in the room for that long, that my family gave themselves over to me for nine months, allowed me to experience this journey and all the gifts that it had to offer. And it's something that is relevant to everything we do. Again, not even a TED Talk, right? It's allowing ourselves to pursue something that makes us a little bit nervous, right? And if we do, I think what ends up happening at the very end of it all is a feeling that I have today, which I've never had in my whole life, which is there's no space I don't belong. There's no place that isn't for me. And that's the real gift of it all. You know, the accomplishment wasn't the work or the badge of a TED Talk. Those are wonderful, and I'm so grateful. But if you asked me a year ago, I wanted that title. I wanted to say, I'm a TEDx speaker. Now, that's great, but you could never take away what I learned about myself and the confidence I gained that's inside of me that has nothing to do with anybody else but me. I now approach more and more of the things I want to do in my life and in my work with such a liberation that I'm allowed to pursue anything and just show up as myself and it will be a success because I'm here and that's enough. And so often we don't allow ourselves the ability to even pursue something because we've shut the door before we've even opened it because we either think it's not meant for us, I'm not good enough, that would never happen for me. And what a shame. What a shame that we don't even allow ourselves that opportunity to really become something more. And I just feel that I'm I'm walking the walk and living proof that I mean this and I do love myself. I'm not special. I'm just someone that had a message that I wanted to share and I felt the desire to put it on a platform bigger than me. And here I stand today with 
this ultimate feeling inside that I'm allowed to pursue whatever I want. And isn't it funny because that permission only came to me after this experience. We seek others' permission and validation to do things, but at the end of the day, it's all inside of us. So I don't know what your TEDx is, but whatever it might be, I hope you allow yourself to step into that because I'll tell you what, if you can wake up every day and say to yourself, there is no space I don't belong, that's the real gift. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week. 